crossing the highway late last night. He should have looked left and he should have looked right. He didn't see the station wagon car. The skunk got squashed, and there you are. You got your dead skunk in the middle. You're listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Coming Thursday, July 6th through Sunday, July 9th at Picturesque Birds Hill Park. Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. I'm Michael Elves, host of Thank God It's Free Range, and this episode spotlights Loudon Moonwright III. A gifted storyteller and songwriter who's been performing and engaging audiences for nearly a half century, Wainwright's most recent record is a Lifetime Achievement, released in his mid-70s. Loudon Wainwright III performs at Snowberry Field on Saturday, July 8th at 4 p.m. For a full lineup, a complete list of set times, to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. Well, this is a program designed to introduce festival goers to performers at the Winnipeg Folk Festival, but maybe someone who doesn't need an introduction, Loudon Wainwright III, storied career, lifetime achievement in 2022, the album, the most recent record, and he joins us. Welcome to the show, Loudon. Well, good to be here. Good to be here. So it's a bit tongue-in-cheek, the, the most recent album title, but did you kind of facing the the prospect of making a record like this think about you know how many records you have left in the chamber um yeah i mean i think you're always aware of of where 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 at least you think you might be at i've made over 30 records i think and uh you know i'm of a certain age i'm 76 now so uh, soon to be uh 77 actually so yeah i mean you're thinking and I actually, I think I say this in a couple of the songs, how long can this go on or uh, something along those lines? You're just wondering, uh, <laughs> when, is, when is this going to all end? 
Hopefully not anytime soon, of course. No, uh, although I did read an interview that you did. I guess it was uh, in The Independent where you were talking about your, you know, regular organ recitals, you know, the, the litany of things that are going on with the body and in the fact that you might need a, a hip replacement. How is your hip? How is how's your health? Well, I did get the, the, the first I got my left hip replaced. But that right hip is, uh, you know, wants to join the club. So, sure. uh, I, I, you know, overall, I don't want to moan and groan or do too much organ recital. I'm, I'm in okay shape, but, you know, I'm still uh, ambulatory to a degree and uh, happy to be happy to be alive. And uh, I don't know if I'm kicking, but I'm, uh, I'm, uh, my foot seems to be doing something wrong. Does that impact performance at all? Because I know it can be very strenuous uh, to to perform live. Like, does you know something like a, a hip problem impact you? Oh, it's, oh, of course it does. I mean, you know, it, it live performance, you know, is 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 for me anyway. Has always been a rather physical thing. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I'm not running around like uh, Britney Spears or. Taylor Swift, but I but I am kind of moving, and uh, so as you get on a bit, it, it gets uh, <laughs> it's easy to get winded. But uh, and now sometimes I sit down, you know, which is, which my audience seems to understand and accept. But uh, yeah, it's it's being an athlete. I mean, and eventually uh, uh, the machine starts to uh, wear down. So no quick costume changes like Taylor Swift. Uh, no, I mean, if I have a hat on, I might take it off, but that's about it. You said being an athlete there, I mean, it could be viewed as, you know, your career being kind of a marathon that, you know, you came out the starting gates, uh, and, and you've been running ever since. I mean, like you said, 30, 30 plus records at this point, did you kind of set off with that, that first few steps and, and realize you were running a race like that? Or you, did you kind of realize partway through the marathon? Oh my gosh, I'm in a marathon. Uh, it took a while. I mean, you know, when I, at the beginning of uh, certainly at the beginning of my career, and I imagine for a lot of young people starting out, I mean, you you're so excited, you're you you, you know, you're so thrilled to have a career, and the, the excitement of writing a song and doing a show that you just you're just in it. And uh, I, I think, as I recall, I mean, I I wasn't sure I was going to. Never mind having a career. I wasn't sure I was going to make it to be thirty years old. I, I, in the beginning, again, you do stupid things and stay up too late and drink too much, all of that. But um, then, after a while, you think, "Wow, I've been doing this for twenty years," or, "Man, it's been thirty years." <laughs> and now it's over fifty years for me. So it's it's kind of remarkable. Um, you actually have a longer career than an athlete. I mean, uh, how long does a hockey player or a football player get? You know, 10, maybe, maybe 20 years. So I'm, I'm happy to, to still be uh, plying my trade, as it were. You came from a family with writing in the blood. Your father was a writer for life. And I'm, I'm curious, because he, as I understand it, kind of mined his family for, for writing material at times. Was your own kind of process, like, uh, reflective or reflexive in terms of how you approached songwriting and, and in kind of 
an, an answer to your father or because of what you'd seen? Was that kind of a path that you, you saw yourself pursuing? Well, as you say, my father was a, was a, was a very good uh, writer uh, and a well-known writer in the States anyway. I mean, he wrote at Life magazine, which everybody had on their, their coffee table in the 70s and 80s and 60s. Um, so, and, he, and he was famous. Uh, so I didn't want to be a writer. I, I, it, it, looked, it didn't look like very much fun, you know. Certainly playing the guitar was more fun and jumping up and down on the stage. Then when I did start to write songs, you know, to write a three minute song uh, seemed a lot easier than, you know, sitting down in front of a blank piece of paper with a typewriter trying to come up with 1200 words or something like that. So I kind of became a writer by default. I didn't think it would happen. I mean, and we, of course, we, we, none of us want to turn into our parents, but to a degree, like a lot of us, I have turned into my father. Uh, although he's been dead for, you know, since 1988, I still think about him. Uh, I'm still affected by, by our relationship and who he was. And, um, he's still in my life, uh, uh, uh. I think about him every day and as, as I do my mother. I mean, you know, there's a song on the album called How Old is 75, where I kind of lament the fact that I've now I've outlived both of my parents. But um, uh, yeah, they're, they're always on my mind uh, and um, as they should be. Did you ever talk the craft of writing with your father? Like once you were a songwriter? We didn't really... Uh, I mean, when I started to write songs and, and when I came up with a couple of good, good songs, you know, like like everybody else at the beginning, it was kind of hit and miss. But I started to write pretty good songs and then I got a record deal fairly early. And I think my father was pleased and excited that I that I uh, that I that I that I that I was a writer um, uh, and um I, I think he took pleasure in that. I mean, he was a smart, critical guy. So I think I'm sure some of my, or I know that some of my songs he didn't particularly love, but uh, he he liked liked a lot of what I did, and that always made me very happy. I, I've been trying to please my parents since the very beginning. I don't think that ever goes away. No, I don't either. One difference I would say between the the two of you in terms of your writing. You know, your father, the audience he wrote for was not in front of him, right? Like that you you have a, an immediate source of feedback when it comes to, you know, performing and, and playing that can you can gauge your writing based on kind of the response, whereas your dad would kind of like write something and then it's published and then maybe there's feedback to it afterwards. But it's it the process is, is different. I'm curious if, you know, the process of performing in front of an audience ever shaped a song for you. Like, did you? try out a song and then discover, ah, it's not really hitting with people or I'm losing their attention or I need to kind of yeah. tighten things. No, th that's exactly what happens. I write a song. I'm always thinking, how is this, you know, I'm not thinking about how is this going to sound on a record? I'm thinking, how is this going to sound to a live audience in a venue, you know, uh, when I'm just standing up there with my guitar and then I actually go out and, and perform a, a new song 
and I can learn a lot uh, right away from how the audience reacts. If this, if I'm trying to get them to laugh at something, you know, that it's, you either get the laugh or you don't get the laugh. It either works or it doesn't. And, and but even in, in songs that are not novelty songs or uh, I can, I can gauge whether or not the song is working. And by working, I mean, having an effect on the listener moving the listener in one way or another it might be amusement it might be um anxiety or identification um uh, it's possible they might be moved uh by a song um so but but i everything every the litmus test for me has always been what how does it work on stage in front of an audience have you discovered kind of the the path of a song on on stage where it maybe felt like something when you were you know crafting it at home or working on it in the studio and then it it blossomed let's say on stage like it 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 changed shape or or like you discovered something new about it that happens all the time for me you know i'll i'll I'll, maybe I'll play the song ten or fifteen times, and then I'll realize that the, the you know by changing one word, or one sentence, or one musical component, you know that the whole thing can be improved. So I mean, after a while, it's done, and you know you you let it be as it is. But uh, there is a whole kind of crafting uh, process after the initial writing of the song. Speaking of crafting processes, what what goes into crafting a set at this point for you? I mean, with so many records and, and you know, a, a history of songs, how do you shape what you're going to play on stage these days? Well, certainly, you know, when I get up there to Winnipeg or wherever I'm going to go, I'll, I'll, I'll be performing songs from my newest record, which is, uh, as we said, Lifetime Achievement. Um, but in terms of crafting a show, I mean, you know, a show lasts, well, at a folk festival, it's generally shorter. But normally I'll play for an hour and 15 minutes uh, or, or even 90 minutes. And, and then you have to kind of create an experience uh, where, where you hold that group of people and continue to affect them with the song choices and the little swerves and... Um, uh, things that you that you that you employ in a show again a lot of it is in, you know there's no hard fast rules it's a, a lot of it is it is instinctive i always wanted to be a performer you know since i was seven years old so so i i know when something is working when it isn't working and i if i go out to do a set or a show I'm thinking, you know, a beginning and a middle and an end, and how's it going to peak and arc, and and uh, so there's a certain amount of uh, sequence is, is is important. You mentioned being uh, wanting to be a performer since you were seven. Was that like a, a musical performer, or I mean, because you're also an actor, was it just performance in general that you were keen to do when you were seven? Well, when I was seven, I had an a, 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 something happen. Um, you know, my my mother uh, uh, had a twin sister. Uh, they were called Mary and Martha Taylor. Taylor was their maiden name. And I had learned a uh, like a folk song in uh, it might have been camp or school. 
a song, an old song called Rosin the Bow. I've traveled this white country over, da -dee da -da 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 -da. you know, it's like that. So I had learned it in uh, uh, somewhere, and I sat and I stood in my mother's uh, sister's, my aunt's kitchen. This was in Southern California, probably around 19, you know, 53. And I sang this song a cappella to my, my, my mom and, and my aunt who were absolutely delighted and uh, won over by this cute little boy singing this folk song. And that's, that's when I knew uh, <laughs> that I had to figure out a way to get into show business. And, and, and so after that, I didn't want to be a fireman or a cowboy or, a, uh, you know, I wanted to be a, a, an actor or a performer or a singer. And um, it kind of worked out me so I, I feel extremely grateful and lucky that i got to do pretty much what i wanted to do so was it the familial approval or having an audience respond that or was it a combination i think it was both you know i mean the, 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 these were two people they were literally giants i mean you know they they towered over me i loved them particularly my mother obviously so uh yeah, the fact that, that that she approved of it and was delighted by it, it thrilled me, and uh, and then you know I, I understood that oh this is how it works this is what you do when you when you do a performance. So uh, I paid a, a lot of attention to that event. Has your performative style changed shape over time? Like, do you do you feel that like the Loudon who first took a stage, uh, maybe not at age seven, but you know like when you when you first performed your self titled record. Is is the same Loudon taking the stage these days, or or have you changed who you are as a performer over the years? Well, it's both. I mean, it's the same guy. <laughs> he looks quite a bit different than he did back in 1972 or whenever the hell I was starting or 69. Uh, you know, I feel pretty much like the same person. Um but I, I'm sure it must. I must appear to be somewhat changed and different. Um, I'm writing about a lot of the same things, you know. I mean, the first line on my first song on my first record was in Delaware when I was younger. I'm now so now thirty or whatever it's been records later. I'm you know how old is seventy five? I mean, I'm still kind of obsessed with my own mortality, uh, fixated on it. I'd say. Um, but I, I also understand my audience is thinking about these things too. So, uh, so, uh, it's all working kind of <laughs> still wrestling with the same questions. Uh, one last question for you Loudon. Uh, I want to get you to pick a track off of, uh, I guess lifetime achievement or any of your records, if you really want to pick anything from the discography, but a reason why you're picking that or an anecdote about it, we'd love to hear that to close out the show. Well, um, I think the title track, you know, which is Lifetime Achievement, it, you know, it's it's almost an uncharacteristic song for me. It's very positive and, and um, not at all cynical and hopeful. And uh, uh, I don't know that I'm turning over a new leaf, but I, I like uh, maybe the audience would enjoy that because it's a bit different from what I've done in the past. Well, we'll give that one a listen. Uh, Loudon Wainwright III coming to Winnipeg Folk Festival. Thanks very much for taking some time and safe travels. 
All right. Well, I'm looking forward to getting up there. Thanks for talking. I have lived a lifetime And it's hard to be believed I'm near the end, time's almost up So what have I achieved? I have done and won some things Awards, I have a few But the biggest prize, the great surprise, is I managed to win you. Trophies on my mantelpiece, citations on my wall, accolades and autographs, yes, I guess I've got them all. But all these honors don't add up To all that much it's true That the biggest prize, the great surprise Is I managed to win you Records and blue ribbons, bronze statuettes and plaques. We all want to be winners. Admit it, face the facts. But I couldn't win what I crave the most. That's the As for my life achievement It's just a hill of beans In the end what's justified Is not what it all means I have done and won some things But I lost myself Surprise, as I managed to find you Who needs cash and prizes What I achieved is you We said we would keep in touch But we're way out of reach We stopped writing months ago And we haven't talked in weeks But today I'm gonna call you Just to prove that I still care But I'm so afraid you'll answer 
that I hope you won't be there When I call we'll catch up First we'll tell the news Probably we'll omit detail then Perhaps we'll drop some clues Somebody had a baby Someone's gone to jail Something funny happened And you forwarded my mail I'll ask you how have you been And you'll reply, okay Then I'll tell you I'm not too bad too Then there's nothing left to say Then there will be a silence Like we were unwrapping God Till someone says, are you still there? To end the pinter pause Finally we'll hang up Done with that go round It's always nice to hear your voice I'm Michael Elts, and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting Loudon Wainwright III, who will be performing on Saturday, July 8th at 4 p.m. at Snowberry Field at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com, and be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 6th through 9th at Birdsville Park. We said we would keep in touch We're way out of reach